This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, Redcasters, be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to be notified about our latest videos. Go Big Red. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. This is a special lunch cast edition. It's more like a, we'll call it a cocktail cast. As uh, I'm here with my special guest and friend, longtime Husker photographer. Uh, Hail Varsity photographer since around 2017. Uh, I believe you've been shooting the Huskers sports for a good, better part of 30 years now. And um, I mean, you pretty, pretty much, yeah, you've been pretty much in uh, in the middle of it all. He also has his own podcast called The Eye Test with Brady Oltman from Hail Varsity. Uh, and this is Eric Francis. How are you tonight, Eric? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Rob? Oh, my God. I am so good. I am. Actually, really, really, really thankful for you to come on here because um, I have to say that, you know, I cut back a lot on podcast listening over the last few months because as things start to really normalize, I realize that a lot of people don't think it has or a lot of people think it has normalized. And I mean, I do a lot of events for my job and we have still been doing them for about the last year. And I've started to notice more people coming out now, you know, than, than before. And so things have just gotten busier in my life being working for a media company as well. And, um, you know, one of your podcasts is probably one of the few that I still listen to and subscribe to on a, you know, well, it doesn't come out weekly, but when it does come out, uh, I'm listening to it and it specifically focuses on, um, photography um, and other people who are into the hobby of photography, obviously for you, it's a profession, it's a lifestyle, it's, it's what you do in your absolute passion. Um, so tell me a little bit about that and how you got into photography. How I got into photography. Oh my gosh, that goes way, way back. Um, <laughs> well, I, you know, I graduated high school in 87, went to college, uh, went to Simpson college, played football for a couple of years. And then I remember uh, towards the end of that sophomore season sitting in my dorm room with ice packs on both knees, and it was just kind of a what-the-fuck-you-doing moment. Um, as much as you love this, this isn't a sustainable. I mean, you're not going to the pros. There's nothing after this point. So it was kind of a what-are-you-doing thing. And then at, that summer, actually, um, I came back to Omaha for the summer and started hanging out with a friend of mine from high school who was a photographer, who was getting into photography, getting into photography, photojournalism. And I thought, Holy crap, that looked like a lot of fun. Um, so I just kind of like I do with most things in my life. I just kind of um, dive into the deep end and figure out how to swim while I'm there. Um, and I, I went in and I went in full force and, Worked at a couple newspapers, freelanced for the World Herald for for 
Jesus, 15 years and um, did the AP thing, Getty Images uh, for years and years and years. And then finally, in 2017, um, they were able to bring me over to Hale Varsity uh, when they finally had enough enough money and enough revenue, basically, to be able to afford me. Okay. And not have me have to take a pay cut to come over. And I took a little bit of a pay cut to come over. But it was worth it because at that point in my career, I was looking for, I was I was tired of feeding the the media machine, which is which is kind of what it had become, working for the AP and Getty Images. You're just feeding the 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 media machine, filling ESPN's website, and all of that kind of stuff. And I wanted to do great work. I yeah. wanted to make really great pictures. I wanted to make timeless pictures that were important and stood the test of time and I wanted create, you know, creative control. And so that, when I came over to Hill varsity, that's what I got. I got, I, I got to start making the pictures that I wanted to make. That's and right. that was kind of the point where I, yeah, more or less for the most part became a full-time sports photographer. Well, you know, you and I have met before. Um, when yeah, that was a fun I was, trip. When, yeah, I was on the road um, for the Rutgers game and, um, you know, it was, it for me, it was a little surreal because it was the first time that I had ever gotten media passes for a game and it was a road game. And I got a email from Aaron that's like, Hey, uh, your passes are here. What am I, what am I supposed to do with this? And I was like, well, I, let's meet at the game. And she was like, okay, cool. And so I get to the game and I think it was you and Aaron and who else was there? It was Brady. That- it was Brady. Okay. Yeah. I thought so. And, um, and you guys would come walking up and you guys could not have been friendlier. It was, it was awesome. And and you kind of gave me this whole, like, if you got any questions, stick with me sort of thing. And we, we walked around a little bit and, and went down to the field and we did some, you know, went up to the press box. And then at one point I, I was asking you about taking photographs and, you were like, you know, a lot of it is just anticipation, being in the right place at the right time, knowing when certain coaches or when coaches or coordinators like to call certain plays. And it's about being in the right spot at the right time. And well, that was an epic Friday night game. Um, it was almost like a statement game for the brief Joseph era, right? Um, you know, where they were losing the entire game. The offense couldn't get going. And then this happened. Tom, you know, Thompson steps back, throws it to Palmer and, oh, there you are getting knocked over. But this is your great shot that you got right here. And then this was the photograph, I believe, that Hale Varsity used um, in the next edition that they did. And, you know, I I have to say that, you know, I really did take your advice. And and as as right before that play happened, actually, the literally the play before that uh, Rutgers turned the ball over. And all of a sudden, I'm standing there on the sideline, not too far from from where that touchdown happened, but probably about 40 yards down the field, almost right next to where the players were standing on the sideline. And I see you running by. Like, you've got all these cameras, a backpack, everything, and you run by. And and I was like, oh, my God, he knows something. So I follow you. And so, you know, I had done this. This was the second time I had done this that night. And then... So these are a couple pictures that I got. So 
the one on the on the See, right. You're gonna put me out of a job. Yeah, that you. It's funny because you literally texted that to me that night, um, or you or you said it to me at some point. But the one on the right is actually almost the exact same moment of the Palmer touchdown that you had on that video a minute ago, and then the one on the left is the Vocalek touchdown. And if unfortunately I don't know how well our listeners can see this, but the ball is in the air before it catches, you know, before, before either player catches it in both of those photos that I took. And, you know, that, that might've been my proudest moment, I have to say. Um, it's about the only time I'd ever say that I, that I got pictures like that, but it was awesome. And I probably would have never gotten them if it wasn't for you, because I just watched you all night, actually just knowing where to be the whole time. So that was, well, it's, that- it's funny you say that and put it that way, because early in my career, that's exactly how, how I learned. Right. Um, early in my career, I had a couple really good mentors at the World Herald and our AP staffer. And back in the 90s, when Nebraska was at on, on top of the heap, we had an SI photographer in here every game. So I watched those guys. Yeah. What are they doing? And I and I would see where they would go. And I would and I would dissect it, huh? Why is he doing that? Oh, right. Or if he puts himself in a perfect spot and then he gets that pylon dive photo, and you go, Oh, I get it. And it all those things start to influence how you work. And then all of a sudden, you know, 30 years later, you become that guy that everybody's watching. Well, and it was cool for me too because after the game, and and I was making fun of myself a little bit, but I kind of became your uh, camera caddy <laughs> at one point. Because I don't think, like, I, I think I, I and I think I apologize to yeah, you later. And, and it's funny you you apologize, in the heat of the moment. I, sometimes I forget to be nice, and I just well, say, "Here, hold this." Well, and it's funny because there was literally no apology needed. the The fact is, is that um, I was more than happy to do it because I was just so happy to be in the moment. And the game is over, and um, First, you were like, dude, you can be on the field. I was like, oh, my God. And you're like, here, carry my camera. Like, no, please, no, thank you, nothing like that. It was just, here, carry my camera. And I I, more than obliged. And if people don't know, like, carrying a camera is not like dad on vacation with a thing around his neck just handing it to you. Eric's cameras are basically like movie cameras without like the roller stand that goes out on the field. There you go. Um, if you want to grab that real quick and show people it. And this was, that was actually the literal camera that I was carrying for you. And it had a, a stand on it, a tripod or, like or a, mon- it had a monopod on it. Yeah. Monopod. And it was this and, one. Yep. And you, you, hang, yeah. you just go to me here, hold this. And you like throw the camera, like in my direction essentially. And it was, so I grab it and then I was like, what is going on? And I follow you, but it was cool because I got some video that I'm not going to show here because um, there's a lot of language from some of the players as they're coming off the field and I'm not going to throw them under the bus like that. Right. But the Rutgers fans that were still there were throwing literal corn at us on the field. Corn um, cobs. Corn, yeah. Corn cobs. Yeah, yeah. Like, like corn. And they weren't even eaten. And I saw the price of those. They were like $8 for those meals and you know eight nine dollars for a meal and they're throwing the corn at us from from the stands and i'm getting pictures of the corn i'm getting video of the players like laughing at them and everything and you know and and i'm looking around for you and you're like buried between like the legs of people that are standing there watching the players go in snapping pictures as the players are walking by you know i'm seeing a couple of the kids that like i had interviewed earlier in the season i'm taking it all in i forget i'm holding your camera i start walking around all of a sudden i see you and you're like um 
oh hey can i have that back please <laughs> yeah it occurred after the fact i was it kind of it flashed through my brain i was like god if he had any idea how much money he was hold that i entrusted him with he probably shit his pants well not only that but i uh i also had to go to the press conference afterwards too and so i was just like well i'm not going anywhere i'm just waiting for aaron to show up to so i can walk up there with her and I did that and that that was just a great time and, and such a great place to be. And then when I came out after the press conference, you were still out there and there were some of the players were doing interviews and you were still snapping pictures. And I was thinking, God, there this this really is work because we got there three hours before the game started there. We actually to honky and I did a live stream from the field um, as a show for almost half an hour. I, I talked with, um, oh, God, Steve Merrick walked by. Um Aaron was there. She came on and talked for a little bit. Uh, Brady was walking around the back. I mean, so, you know, I got there and then while in the middle of it, the bus rolls up and I walked down there and I almost got ran over by the bus. <laughs> then, then as I'm getting, getting out of the way of the bus, I almost get run over by Whipple. So, I mean, it was just like a yeah, but good thing. Run. Whipple doesn't move real fast. So. No, he does not. But the, some of the players did. And those are, yeah. Yeah. Those are some big kids too. So it was, uh, that was something else. Yeah. That's the, it becomes a grind when you're, cause like the way the our schedules worked out this last year, the only game I didn't do was Iowa. Uh-huh. And, um, <laughs> of course, yeah, go figure. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, and all that, the, the travel weekends are, they're, they're more of a grind than, than a lot of people, a lot of people think, right. Yeah. You're flying out on, you're flying out afternoon on Friday game on Saturday, which kind of occupies you mentally the entire day, mm-hmm. you know, and then nine times out of 10, we're taking the early flight on Sunday, yeah. which means we, you know, we got three hours of sleep. Yeah. And a lot of your uh, personal pictures too. I think there's like at Eric Francis picks or something on Instagram. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll, I'll share some of those out tomorrow on, on Twitter and other places. I think we've put them on there too. And, and, um, you know, you're doing other sports as well. You've got some baseball stuff that you've got going on. And then basketball, you've got some great pictures of Derek Walker. You know, I mean, so there's a lot of lot of things you do. Plus, you have a few of your own projects that we're going to talk about here tonight as well. Um, but one of the things I, I really want to talk about, too, is um, I know that there are certain players that a lot of times you will kind of I don't want to say you attach to their hip because that would be a, a one, a weird thing to say. But two, um, I you kind of use them, I guess, I think you said it as your gauge for kind of what the emotions. Uh, the yeah. I, I like, like, I think what you're getting at is, is Garrett this season. Yeah. And uh, so he was here's, kind a, of, here's he a great would, picture of, of the last game. We we're still on screen so you can talk, but yeah, he was, he became game. my barometer. Cause we, we had him on the cover of our yearbook this summer, mm-hmm. this past summer. Um, and, you know, the, the season preview book that we do every summer. And he was a, he was our cover guy. Um, and so, you know, it, over the course of a, you know, a couple hours of shooting, you can get to know a kid and it feels so weird to call these guys kids. Cause they're yeah. so freaking big, but yeah. I young men, remember, I, that- I have to remember that they're like 23 years old, but anyways, so you get to know these people and, and, and Garrett, he's just, he's a great kid. He's a great human you know, he was fun to, to hang out with and shoot pictures of. Um, and so I did after every game, I kind of, as the season went along and things weren't going as we all had planned, um, I, I started to use him as a barometer of like this, the look on his face 
as he's walking off the field. And uh, this was after Wisconsin, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I was at this game. It was the Wisconsin game. I took my. I took my. And, and you just know, you you know, at this moment, he hadn't said whether he was coming back or not. And I, I watched him walk off the field, and he was walking very slowly, looking around the stadium, to, and you could just tell he was taking it all in. Cause I think this is my last time. And then, you know, usually I, they have, they walk towards me towards the tunnel as they're leaving the field. And I just turned her, I, I, I positioned myself. So he literally like we bumped shoulders as he went by me almost. And I just flipped around. And as I turned around, he turned around and, and took that one last look before he walked through the tunnel for the last time. And I just thought it was like that, that, that was it right there. That was the moment. And, you know, and like Brady and I talked about, it was a nice dichotomy between Garrett and Casey there because, you know, Casey being a, a portal transfer and Garrett being a homegrown kid, they have completely different, uh, a completely different view of the, of what that stadium means to them. Yeah. I just threw up that picture from that and I, I did. It yeah. Right. I was going to reach down here and grab the magazine cover. But right here, got we'll, to we'll it first. Like, you know, there, there he is all business-like right there with his black shirts briefcase. And you know, this is, this is a great picture. I like it all business. Um, and honestly, he was all business all year. I mean, he, they, the, it, if, the, if we were going to start making excuses for this team, he is a guy where like, there, nobody needs to make any. He played with his whole heart. No, if, if, if there was if there's if there was anything to say about Garrett, if there was any knock on Garrett's season, um, from my perspective, it would simply be that he he took too much of it on his shoulders and tried he tried to do too much, and and because he just you could just see that he took the whole thing, the team. His coach, he took it all on his shoulders, and and you could see after the the coaching change and the uh, philosophical change, his game was different. Yeah, he had no weight on his shoulders, and he was just letting it fly. Yeah, well, and the whole was, defense kind of felt like they were. Yeah, and so he was a completely different, and and so that just speaks to, you know, like a lot of the the psychological things that we we talk about on the podcast that. Um, you know, it, you got to let them play. Yeah. And one of the things that I really like about this photo too, and, and for those of you out there that subscribe to Hale Varsity, this was the centerfold uh, for the edition that came out the uh, after this game, after the Wisconsin December, game. December, I believe. Yeah, the December issue. And if you don't know what a centerfold is, it's basically where the staples are in the middle of the magazine. You open it up right in the middle. This was it. And I'll tell you something too, that I really liked about this photo and that um, I don't know. I, I don't even think you brought this up on your show when you were listening to it, but I immediately went and found this picture after listening to your podcast, the eye test with Brady Oltman also on her media network. Um, great. Listen. I know that Ken uh, McCone, who um, I know all about centerfolds. Um, yeah, well, you know, I, I grew up before the internet, so that's a fact. Um, the uh, Ken Ken McCone from uh, Generation Red podcast, also another good listen, said that he was going to be listening here tonight because 
um, he's starting to get into photography. And, you know, for me, I, I, I went back and looked at this because I wanted to see the photo you were talking about after listening to an entire episode about it. The fact that it's got Nelson looking back out at the field and kind of taking it all in and the, the kid standing right next to him, right. Walking towards, you know, the, the tunnel right there, you know, it's Thompson. And a lot of people still had the same kind of question about him is, is he coming back? Right. Like, right. At the, at that moment. Yeah. Right. And so it's almost like for me, when I looked at it, I was like, wow, if this wasn't like a perfect capture of the changing of the guard in a lot of way. Right. Because let's be honest. um, Those are the two leaders of the team right there. The the offensive leader and the defensive leader on the team. Right. We're right there. And I don't know if that was, you know, and obviously, like you said, your intention was to catch Garrett coming off the field or, you know, his last time. But at the same time, you just happened to catch, you know, Thompson walking off the field towards there. Almost, you know, now we know with the full intention of coming back. So, you know, there's there's a lot in that photo itself that I think is uh, pretty cool, Um, especially if you go back and just see the things that you caught that you didn't even mean to catch, I guess. And and you did correct me. But yeah, it's I mean, it's it's usually the difference between a good picture and a great picture are those subtle nuances that you kind of, sometimes you kind of have to look deeper into a photo to see the greatness in it. Sometimes it just punches you in the face yeah, or, you know, in the thigh as a case of a Rutgers photo. Yeah. Um, and sometimes well, it's a little more subtle and you gotta, you gotta really <laughs> dig into it to see it. Yeah. Talk about that. Like, I mean, you literally took one in the thigh on that Rutgers, on that Rutgers, uh, catch. Yeah. And, and, in all honesty, it looks worse than it was. Cause I, yeah. you know, I knew it was coming <laughs> and years of experience in, in taking some of those hits. Um, I I've learned that like, you know, when to get one, I know when I got the photo and now it's time to protect myself. So if you go back and look at that video, you'll see I start to turn away. Yeah. Before and and Trey actually slides to the left of me. Yeah. And then, it was and then, the freaking Rutgers guy who just you just took a swipe at my head and missed. Like I think he like took looking at the video, I think he actually took a swipe at me. I don't know. Well, maybe and, I don't know. Can we and see then, that again? Can and then we... his his thigh, <laughs> his knee hit me right in my thigh. And I felt that for weeks. Yeah, it was. Um, let's see that again. Let's see. Does he take a swipe? Because I think it's important to notice here. If he does. Uh, yeah, he kind of like he's fallen down and, and you know, you don't see him here, but I think he's trying. It, it might be a swipe or he might be trying to push you out of the way or it might be. A well, I was wearing red. Over, so, yeah, you were. And yeah, that was that was always for me. That was that was actually a lot of fun because um, I did spend majority uh, actually almost the entire game except for a couple moments on that sideline and um right where we were sitting too and i have to tell like there's a cannon that Rutgers uses and they fire yes. it off after every score and if you're and, not paying attention you're going to get surprised or you know if you've never been on the field at Rutgers before or two Rutgers before and you're standing 10 feet away from the cannon trying to take a picture as a guy is, uh, you know, standing there kicking a field goal or you're trying to catch it and the cannon goes off right behind your head and, and your ears are ringing for three days afterwards, like myself. Yeah, that was um, – I mean, I don't know how I could walk around that entire field the entire time before the game and not once did I notice there's a giant cannon and think to myself, I wonder what they used that you for. You didn't notice the big roped-off area around the cannon? I Well, before the game, it wasn't roped off, so you could walk True. right past there. And so I didn't even notice, and then I'm standing there 
and trying to stay out of the way of like the cheerleaders that are like doing some routine or something. Next thing I know, that thing goes off. One of the cheerleaders like falls off the shoulders because I don't think she knew. And then I'm like sitting there and the guys behind shooting out the cannon. They're laughing, laughing at you. They were yeah. laughing at me. It was it was pretty funny. So that was a that was that was a good time. Um all right. Well, like so for football and you know, you you also do other sports, right? Like we do them all. You do, yeah. I mean, it's hail varsity. So there's women's sports, men's sports. I mean, you, I'm, I can't wait to see some of the photos that you got from this weekend because I know this game against Iowa. You had to, you were there, right? Nope. No. John was oh. there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, you know, I have seen some of your baseball pictures, and this one in particular is pretty cool. That's Can pretty. Tell, yeah, let's let's talk about this one though. This is in Omaha, right at the College World Series. Yeah, jeez, I'd have to go back and look at the 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 metadata on that one. I'm not even sure when that was. God, that had man, that had to be 2010, something something like that. But anyways, you know, it was I I've I did the College World Series for the for the Associated Press for 25 years. Um. So it becomes pretty routine. Uh, and this was unique because usually with the, with the lightning indicators, once the, once the lightning gets within a certain eight miles or something, they shut the game down. So you never get a baseball game still going on with lightning. But this, since this wasn't cloud to ground lightning, it wasn't registering the same way on the detectors. So this storm was rolling in from a ways away and the lightning was just start was like starting to finger over the stadium. Um, if I remember correctly, it was the game was out of hand. I was really our, we were really kind of done for the evening in terms of pictures. So the urgency to cover the game itself wasn't there, but as you you see this and you're like, holy shit, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna happen. And I hear photography, I was in the front row third base side at the end of the photo box. That was my spot for nearly 20 years. And so I hear photographers behind me all trying to get da, 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 pictures of the lightning. And I go, Oh, that's cool. Keep in mind by this point in the series, I'm pretty damn burned out and cynical. <laughs> I just really want to fucking go home and take a shower. So, but I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So I put the widest lens I have on my camera and I just set it on the, you know, the front of the photo box in front of me. I don't know, at like half a second, some kind of the longest exposure. I thought that I could hand hold it braced up effectively. And I probably made, I probably shot like a dozen pictures maybe before they wound up calling off the game. And what I didn't know at the time was, well, I knew it, but I wasn't paying attention to it. Behind me, John, my my uh, my colleague at the other staff photographer at Hale Varsity, was sitting behind me shooting the game for some other agency. I can't remember at the time. And he had been working on this photo for like 10 minutes. And I had shot like 12 frames. And so I'm looking at the photo in the back of the camera because he's behind me, he can see the back of my camera. And as I'm looking through it and I, I stop on this picture, all I hear from behind me is you're a dick. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I, I get that. 
because yeah. you know he had been working on it for like 10 minutes and i spent like 30 seconds on it yeah i'm like oh, I mean, that's huh? good and then they um, called the game and we went in and yeah that's that's so actually um, actually be- staring at the photos so sorry if i seem a little i just because i was working for the associated press at the time and they have the rights to do with the image whatever the hell they want don't get me started on bad licensing agreements but um if you go to the college world series i'm not sure still but for like a decade straight they had a vendor there that had licensed pictures from the associated press and made and made posters that you could buy this was one of them this was one huh yeah that's uh that's pretty cool though you know um we got a question here i'm gonna throw it up here real quick is uh what's the what's been your favorite game that you've ever worked at Oh. <laughs> I like that. All right, here we go. We talked about this pregame, um, and it's it's a whole story. I would say, God, there's so many, but because it comes with a great story, I'm going to say the Fiesta Bowl in '95. Okay. Or was it technically '96? The Fiesta Bowl, because. You remember that year was all about Steve Spurrier's fun and gun, air raid bullshit that nobody can stop it, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, we're flying down to the game, layover, change planes in Dallas. Getting on the plane in Dallas, we picked up a bunch of really nice people from Florida. <laughs> I, I like the pause right there. That's, that's And this guy sitting across the aisle from me went on and on and on for the, what is it like an hour hop to Phoenix from there went on and on and on about how Florida was great. Nobody can stop it. It just went on and on and on. And I just was like, all right, we'll see. We we, we will see. And of course we all know how that game, what was the score? 62 to 13 or some shit like that. I think we're still scoring. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, and made lots of lots of great pictures, blah blah blah. Everything was great. It was a it was a pain in the ass to shoot, but it was a great game. Um, and then, but the punchline to this story is getting back on the plane the next day, Phoenix to Dallas. As I walk on the plane, I look to my left, and who's the guy sitting in the same seat from where I'm sitting? that guy that guy it's always that guy it's that same guy that i had to listen to for an hour you know the two days before was it a quiet flight home and he looked in and we had that moment he he remembered me he recognized me and and he just looked at me and he went and just dropped his head and it was like i don't need to say anything See, and that's the difference between you and me is I probably would have just like GBR motherfucker. I would have I would have been like poking, <laughs> I would have been poking the bear the entire way home. So right. Yeah. So, I, well, I, I mean I did I did in my own kind of because I'm that guy. I did in my own kind of way, which was a lot of questions of did you enjoy the game? <laughs> I did. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a great game. Yeah. You know, There's still time left on the clock. I think we can score again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Little I think they like just that. did. I think they just did. yeah. Like I would have been like in the most random moment on the flight, 
like okay you know after like the seatbelt signs were taken off things like that i would have like just randomly like not even looked at him or anything just stood up really quick and been like touchdown huskers you know like <laughs> you know but but see you don't have to because half of that plane was Husker fans. And if you know anything about traveling with Husker fans after a win, which we haven't seen a lot lately, but back in the day, the entire plane flight home was go big red, go big red (laughs) to the point that the pilot gets on and acknowledges that he has a plane full of Husker fans. And it was a great game. Yeah. I mean, I mean, unlike, unlike New Jersey where you're walking through and you have Husker stuff on and people are like, Oh, you're from Nebraska. What what are you doing in New Jersey? Because they don't even know there was a game on Friday night. I mean, right? Because and and that's what. Oh my god, that was, that was not a I, sold out game. That I still remember. I sent a picture to my friend. I don't remember if I put it on Twitter or if I did anything with it, but it was an hour before kickoff, and I was walking through the stadium, and that you know that parking lot. Yeah, yeah. Right by the stadium. Yeah, the one that we went still wasn't was full. No, and wasn't. I'm like. And I can't even. I grew up in for parking there. That's it. Right. I grew up, but I don't care what the parking is. Yeah. I grew up in an hour before the game, and the parking lot is still not full. Are you kidding me? Well, we were when we met up. There was like I think there was as many Husker fans in the parking lot. It was like there was more. It was like and and to give listeners a a little bit of an idea, the parking lot outside the Rutgers Stadium. I and I'm not sure if like the East, the West Stadium, whatever, but it's where you go into the game essentially on that side of the stadium, the main Um, gate. Yeah, it's like a high school parking lot. It's not. I mean, there are parking lots in Texas True. that are bigger at high school games in there are Texas. Parking lots bigger. in Nebraska that are bigger. Yeah, there there's literally a parking lot underneath the uh, overpass in Nebraska that I have tailgated in before that is larger than the entire Rutgers parking lot, and most of their parking is done out by their soccer fields, and it's like like fields. I don't even like literal fields that they have there. Right. So. But yeah, so that was that was a big for me a big a big takeaway from that game and they kept calling it sold out and it was not sold out not even well you can see in the background of the trey palmer picture yeah it might have been sold out but didn't it not everybody came no like almost nobody came and it was a beautiful night it, it was, was awesome i think i, I wore shorts that sh- night yeah i i was wearing i was wearing shorts and i um or i was wearing pants but i was wearing a t-shirt until probably like the third quarter or something so halfway through the third quarter but you know so, I mean, it is nice because this this year, you know, was it was a good year and everybody got to be on the field and we had fans in the stadium and all that. But, you know, in 2020, it wasn't quite that way. Right. I mean, COVID hit and no, life- 2020 was the most surreal experience in shooting sports I've ever gone through in my life. I've never I've never been to a Husker football game where I could hear the coaches talking to their players on the field. I um, so quiet in that stadium. It was disconcerting. Isn't even the right word. It was so strange. And I, what's what's ironic is I did learn something. I had a little like moment of epiphany about myself that kind of correlates to 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 what I think the athletes go through on the field. You know, on, on, your, on your average Husker game, when things are, especially when things are going well, there is so much energy in that stadium. And when you're on the field, 90,000 people are pouring their energy 
down onto that field and you can feel it. It's visceral. You can feel it through your, through your bones. And it takes, it took me a lot of years to really be able to focus through that. And then you get to a point where focusing through that actually helps you focus on your task because you become, you know, ultra, ultra focused on what you're doing. And then all of a sudden in 2020 it was gone. And the stadium is quiet. There's no energy. There's no nothing. I spent the first couple games we shot that, I'll say fall, but it was really freaking winter. But, and it it just, it was odd. I felt like I couldn't, my timing was off. I felt like I couldn't make a picture with a, to save my freaking life. Because, and then I realized that the the athletes were going through the same thing. They weren't as focused. They were making stupid mistakes. They were, right? Because I think, and this is just my own theory, but just like me, they had also gotten used to focusing through all of that energy to, to the point that you don't even really hear it. And then all of a sudden it was gone and it just it threw everything off. Yeah. And not only that, but there was also a period of time where like nobody's working, nobody's doing anything. Nobody no. knows what's going to be happening. Right. We're so coming up on the anniversary, March 12th. 2020 yeah, well, was the day me. that yeah on on that. on, on march 20th <laughs> 2020 i woke up and by noon that day i had picked i'd actually picked up an extra three thousand dollars worth of work because march madness was about to happen and they weren't going to fly people in so i was like all right i'll go shoot it i had to pick up an extra three thousand dollars worth of work by two o'clock that afternoon my entire life was deleted like seriously, I spent the next few hours that that afternoon just deleting thing after thing after thing off my calendar. Yeah, we um so I uh, you know, I work for a media company too and and March 1st we got bought bought out by a new company and I had basically emailed my bosses and was like, "Hey, this is weird. Half of us are working for you now, half of us are still working for the old company. Can I just work from home?" And my boss was like, "Yeah, go right ahead." And then about a week and a half later, I'm like sitting at home and I got an email that was just like, if you haven't already started working from home, stay there. Like literally stay there. Uh, right. Let us know if you need us to mail you anything to your house. Like we will ship it. Do not come into the office. And, you know, and and as I like to call it, you know, when, when the world ended, it was right before St. Patty's Day. I think St. Patty's Day was on like a yeah. Monday or Tuesday that week, that year. And, you know, right around, like you said, the time of March Madness, um, you know, and the last day the bars were open, I'm sitting there and, and I'm thinking like, Oh God, what, you know, what am I supposed to be doing now? Nobody knows if they're going to be working and all that. And, and in all honesty, like that's the whole reason I'm even on the red cast or with the red cast is because of COVID because I was getting so bored that these guys, before we were doing StreamYard and YouTube and all that, I would like email uh red cast Dave or honky and be like, or in them and be like, do you guys care if I just come on and listen tonight while you guys are doing the show and while you're recording, like I'll just mute myself. And they're like, no, go ahead. And then all of a sudden it was like, Hey, was, you know, Matt can't be on the show tonight. Do you, do you just want to come on and be a guest? And I'm like, <laughs> we cared. He just showed up anyway. Honky. Right. I, I, I think I screenshotted the text of honky inviting me on the show just in case this ever came up. But, 
but yeah. And then next thing I know, you know, I'm doing it. And then, you know, Illinois game happens the first game back after COVID everything. And Mac rage quit the, 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 you know, doing the red cast cause he couldn't take it any longer. And next thing you know, here's red cast Rob with his own Twitter account, you know, and, but you know, during that time, a lot of things were going on and you, I, I don't know. Do I say you wrote a book, you shot a book, um, no, I shot some pictures and didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, I shot some pictures and didn't know what to do with them, so I, 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 I put them into a book. You did. And long story short, I mean, my elevator pitch on that moment was, you know, like like I started off with, you know, it was March twelfth. My my life got deleted, and just like a lot of people, I suspect probably a couple of them are here with me tonight. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, I did some world-class pity party, bourbon-soaked pity party. Man. Um, Man. And I didn't, you know, we, we, none of us, we knew what the hell is going on. I don't know. I'm not working. What, how am I going to pay? Blah, 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 all of it. So I just fucking drank. <laughs> and it was, um, it was my girlfriend who called me out on it and said, holy shit, dude, you need to find something to wrap your brain around. Um, and she, she had seen some, some other photographers around the country doing these, these porch portrait things. Um, and, uh, quite honestly, my first take on it was Jesus, that's corny as fuck. That's just not my style. What am I, what am I going to do? I'm going to drive by and, and say, be happy, smile, sit on your porch and I'm going to shoot it from the street here, you know, and it just didn't seem my style. So I resisted it for for a few weeks um, until, you know, like the old journalist in me started to get itchy that there had to be some stories out there worth telling. And I'm not a writer. I'm not a I'm not a wordsmith like Brady and the other writers we have at the magazine. I just I'm not wired that way. My brain's wired for images. And so. I had this thought of, well, you know, what if I just, what if, what if I just ask people a simple question and get their responses and, and print their response or, you know, record their responses as they gave them to me, no editing, raw, unraw, whatever language they used. And I, I'm just going to run it. And so I started up an Instagram account because why not? And I just started shooting these, you know, call, calling on friends and things and just started shooting these pictures and I'd post them on Facebook and I'd get more or I'd roll by and, and spend five minutes shooting, shooting some pictures of some people. And then I would just simply ask them how they felt about every, about everything today. I didn't want to, I didn't want to ask them what they thought because I didn't want this like right brained, you know, analytical political bullshit that people were were tied up in i wanted to know how they felt about it mm-hmm. and so that was the only question i asked and then they would they would email me text me message me whatever their response was later and as soon as i got the response boom i'd post the picture post the picture with the response on instagram you know and then everybody's like oh dude that would make a great book and i'm like ah, fuck I, nobody wants to buy I, <laughs> nobody wants to buy my book are you kidding me um, so I, you know, I just threw them to, when, when, when we got out of 2020 and we were kind of like, okay, I think we're through this. I kind of took them all together and just threw them into a book on, um, 
Shit, I don't even remember what service it's I like, use now. Was it like Smug Mug? I don't remember. Shutterfly or one of those ones. Yeah, I can't remember. Just because I more for myself than anything else. Um, and I, you know, I made it available to to some of the people that were in the book. And as it's like, you know, you just buy it for cost, whatever it costs to make it. So just so our n- listeners know, or those of you watching right now on YouTube, um, I selected the three photos that I liked the most. Um, you know, this, the, this family sitting right outside their house. Um, the one in the top right is um, a couple dancing in their living room. That is actually that is actually a high school senior and his girlfriend who had to miss prom because of COVID. So their parents threw them a mini prom right um, in this in in their living room. Okay, and and it's actually a friend of mine, Pete. And he messaged me. He said, Hey, we have this idea. We're going to do this. Would you want to? Oh my God. Fucking yes. <laughs> I, I see where you're going. We're, we're, we're going to be flagged on YouTube this week for the first time ever. I know it. That's no. okay. Though. You just keep going. I, that's I, my, I forget where we're at. Oh, that's okay, man. It's podcasting YouTube. Blah. I forget. I, I, it's all right. And, and, and we'll make sure to, uh, you know, to, to, to blame me for it. That's fine. You, so you can look, no, it's, it's absolutely fine, but no, that that's super cool. And then the guy hanging out with his dog with the hope. Yeah. And that's that. again, are these, these are all, all these, most of the, all these people are friends of mine, Kurt, I've known for decades and, you know, uh, you stand out in front of his house there and, you know, I, I, I see the sign that says hope and I'm like, uh, that's kind of a no brainer picture. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't post any here, but we have a friend that lives down the street who is the, um, I, I guess you could say he has a similar role as you. He's the official photographer for uh, Northern Colorado, the Northern Colorado Bears and their athletics and all that. His name's Woody Myers, and he does some, um, I guess, guest photography uh, for, for the paper I work for, the Greeley Tribune, um, you know, and, and he's in there every now and then. And he did something similar where he took pictures of my family. And then a lot of other families when he was walking around the neighborhood and he didn't even realize it was us, the, you know, my wife, the, the little girl that grew up next door to him her entire life. Right. He didn't realize it was us till he got home and was doing the pictures. Cause his brain was like such an like a, Oh, do you care if I take a picture of you mode, you know, taking pictures, but then kept walking. Right. And I, and I sent that to you in a text message. And then I was like, look, I could fit in your book too. And I like made it black and white on, <laughs> on Instagram and sent it to you. And I got a kick out of doing that, but yeah, it, but it was cool because, um, you know, for me, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, cause the way your pictures were making me feel a little bit, I was like, you know, this is cool because at this exact same time, a lot of us were having the same kind of, interactions no matter where we were right like i'm in colorado you're in right you know you're in nebraska and yet these are we're all kind of doing the same thing you know just sitting here trying to figure out what the heck is going to happen next and and so it's really cool to go back and look at some of these pictures because i remember that feeling i remember kind of like you know some you know guy coming by with a camera taking pictures of of us sitting on our front porch you know and i'm like drinking a beer and my girls are playing in the front yard and you know my wife's just sitting there watching them play and he asked us to all sit together to take the photo and you know that that's kind of where it you know got me right in the feels i guess is a good right um you know and then there was also some other crazy stuff going on during there was some other crazy stuff going on you know there was um you know there was the george floyd protests and those were going on in omaha right and um you got some pretty good pictures of those protests 
It was um, it was primarily just the first three days. Oh, you know that's it. Here, yeah, I mean it. It only it only the bulk of it and the 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 most intense moments was just kind of like those first three days, that yeah. first weekend. You know, and so talk a little bit about this picture and not just like what's going on here, but kind of what happened around it, too, because there was an interesting story that you had about yourself there, too. Um, Well, all of it was, you know, most of it was uh, you you could see it coming. um, And you said, what was it on that Friday night? I think it was You, you heard the rumblings on social media that this was going on. This was going on. And, you know, right smack in the middle of, you know, some of the worst of COVID and you're bored to tears. You're not working other than my COVID project. I have not really doing anything with my cameras. And I didn't really, I didn't really go cover it for anybody. I probably could have, I probably could have called the AP or Getty images or, or any number of outlets and gone and covered it and, and made some money but I made a conscious decision that I didn't want to do that because then I would have had to worry about deadlines, getting pictures out on time and all of that. And I didn't want, I I just wanted to go cover this because it was important Mm -hmm. because it was a moment in history and it it was that simple. And a little bit of the, the former journalist in me was kind of itching right? Like when you know that history is happening in your own town or just when you know it's happening, period, that journalist in you just like needs to see it, needs to be part of it. So I just went down there, took, I just took two little, two of my smaller cameras with small lenses so that I didn't, I didn't want to look like a journalist. I was just some guy with a camera just another just an, another one of the many people down there with cameras um not drawing attention to myself really and just just kept my eyes and ears open kind of much like I do on the football field um kind of feeling the vibe of what's going on picking up bits of conversation about hey this is happening this is happening watching watching the protesters watching the police how everybody's you know how everybody's posting up and and you you can just feel that it was getting ready to pop and and it did um the police got a little you know, a little over aggressive and they pushed the crowd and the crowd pushed back and um, then all of a sudden some you know you look to your right and some kid is got got a little too mouthy and and pushy with the with the riot police and they took him down and you just like literally i don't even remember i i doubt i was even looking through my camera to make this picture i probably just threw my hand out around somebody's head and and snapped the picture and that's how i got that one yeah and didn't you almost get arrested too or just kind of like well you know everybody almost got arrested (laughs) i that's fair I was able to skirt. I was able, I successfully for three days walked right up to the line, maybe stuck a toe over it and then got back at just the right moment. Yeah. Cause there, there is another image here. 
um, that you got where this young man and he's, I mean, you know, you notice the difference here. I'll, I'll go back to this other picture here. These guys look like riot police. They're in, they're in sort of riot gear, right? They got the helmets on the gas masks on, you know, they've got their guns, they've got everything. But then this picture right here is more almost like national guard look, right? Like where they've got, well, that was their, I believe that's the, like the emergency response unit. Oh, basically. is that, is that what that was? Cause yeah, that's basically the, their emergency response unit. Why they're wearing, full camo why they're wearing camo i have no freaking idea that's a different discussion but um this was a mo there was a moment where somebody was antagonizing this kid kind of like a counter protester um and saying all the words you're not supposed to say um trying to get him riled up and they were right they 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 were right on the edge of things getting and i'll give i'll i'll give these these police officers credit and this kid credit for coming to the brink of shit could have gone really bad in this one micro moment shit could have gone really bad and they walked right up to the edge and then they back and then they 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 talked it out basically for a few seconds and this kid was so, I mean, understandably so, was so emotionally in, involved with what was going on that when it when all that tension went away, all of a sudden he just kind of broke, and he gave the guy he gave the guy a hug. I just happened to be there. Yeah, and then this last picture I'm going to show. You know, we, we are, we're coming up on an hour, all that and, and everything. But this one right here too, you know, the, the, the kid kneeling right next to the cop who's also kneeling, you know, and, and, you know, first responder and he's got his riot mask off and he's sitting there and, you know, the cops on either side of him, you know, this is, this is powerful. You know, this is, this is really, really. Yeah. This was the sun. This was the Sunday after the, after two nights of, of basically riots um, not as bad as other cities, but you know, for Omaha's yeah. standards, it was pretty intense. And this was Sunday. Sunday was my, was like almost like it was still intense, but they just didn't have that feel like it was going to be off the chains riot again. It was almost like everybody was tired and they just wanted to heal a little bit. And there was a little, there was a, there was a protest down in the old market and, but it was a much calmer, kind of like a sit-in kind of thing. Um, and then at one point, uh, some of the protesters asked some of the police officers to come kneel with them. And uh, that's when this one happened. And things happen so fast sometimes that you don't really see everything you have in an image un until it's uh, until after the fact, until you're sitting down calm later in front of your computer. I mean, you've got, you've got the protester, the, the female black protester, the white police officer without his riot mask on the female po white police officer with her riot mask on. And the one guy who didn't kneel, who has his flex cuffs, his arms crossed was a black police officer. There's so many things in this image that I, I can't even sort it all out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you see the flex cuffs there and everything and him standing there. And it's like, 
I mean, it's just, it's, it's really powerful, you know, and, and, and you, you look at this and, and, and to me, it's almost like, well, I can only imagine for someone like yourself who has so much passion for photography and for doing things like this, especially, you know, where your main job is to shoot sports at this, at this point, and, you know, and, and yet there's no sports to be shooting, you know, and, and here you are like taking photos like this right and you know but i've done you know i it's it's not like it was unknown to me i mean yeah yeah most of my career i was freelancing for the world herald and the associated press and getty images shooting news assignments and sports assignments so it wasn't foreign to me but i think the key to this weekend for me from a from a photographic standpoint was being free of deadlines and expectations i could just go out see what I wanted to see, make the pictures I wanted to make and, and be free of outside influences on what I should be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, and I guess, I guess too, we're, we're kind of at that point. What advice do you have for if anybody is listening right now, you know, and, and they want to get into photography or they're just trying to kind of understand what it takes. Cause I mean, everything is, everything now is captured on cell phones and on all that. And, you know, you've right. you know, I've, I've often threatened to do. Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, I, you've got a camera that, that like I'd have to mortgage my house to buy, you know, and then here Almost. I am with a cell phone with four different lenses on it. And you've actually talked about it too. And, and I would love to enroll in this class if you ever do it, where you talk about maybe doing a class to show, tell people like how to shoot pictures with a cell phone, right? And I mean, that's why I've, I've often joked about, kind of half-heartedly joking about, you know, if I ever do a photo 101 kind of class, I'm just going to do it with everybody. Just bring your cell phone. And the reason behind that is the I use my cell phone all the time. I mean, half of the pictures you're on the, you know, like if I'm traveling and stuff like that and I see an interesting thing, I shoot it with my cell phone because I can shoot it, work it up, do it the way I want it and post it within minutes. Um, but cameras have gotten so good, whether it's cell phone all the way up to professional level cameras, that the barrier to entry that I went through shooting, you know, cause I started shooting on film, yeah. right. You had to understand what the shutter speed and the aperture and the ISO and how all of that played together, you know, and you, because you couldn't look at the picture on the back of the camera to see if you did. Okay. You had to know by putting all those numbers on the camera, ex exactly what the picture was going to look like in your head before you even shot it. That barrier to entry is gone, right? You can, even with the new mirrorless cameras, which is, you know, what I use with my Sony cameras, I actually, what I see in my viewfinder is exactly what I'm going to get when I push the button. There is no, there is none of that that I had to go through. So the, the point of that a lot of photography courses still focus on the, the basics that they call them, I think is irrelevant. Personally, I think the basics should be light composition and moment, right? If we, if we, if we work on the, we should spend more time focusing on how to make better pictures than focusing on the technicalities of your camera. We'll get around to that 
like in my version of if I ever do a course, but we're going to start off talking about how to make better pictures because anybody can do it, right? Like, you know, I got pictures on my social media stuff. Oh my God, what camera did you use? And I'm like, my iPhone. Cause I didn't feel like going out to the car and getting my big camera. And this was in my hand. There's an old adage in photography when, cause photographers like to talk about gear. It's just kind of, I don't know if we're just gearheads at heart or what, but photographers like to talk about gear and the latest, greatest gear, but there's an old adage that the best camera is the one in your hand. Yeah. Right. I like that. Be, you, you, whatever you have in your hand is what you have. Make a, make a nice picture with it. And, and you can do it with cell phones. You can do it with, you just get there. There's just, we gotta, we gotta get to the idea but but circling back to your original point of what advice would I give to like if you're saying younger newer photographers in the game I would say figure out one of the things I say a lot is two things two things one try to shoot with intention right do things with a purpose don't just go out there and start clicking around not thinking about what you're doing and hoping that something great's going to show up in the camera it doesn't work that way. If you want to make a great image, you have to shoot with intention, with purpose. And second, start to pay attention to the images that you're drawn to when you look at other people's photography. And if you're drawn to those a certain kind of image, certain kind of composition or things like that, do more of that. Because you're drawn to you're drawn to a, a certain style for a reason, so do more of that. That's something that I didn't do early in my looking back on my career. I was drawn to a certain type of image, but then I got my immediate circle of friends were 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 much more like hardcore photojournalist, you know, be in the middle of the action kind of thing. And so I kind of got sucked into that and it never really felt right for me. I always struggled because the picture that I was drawn to was the more subtle, thoughtful, I want my thoughtful maybe isn't the right word, but something a little more subtle and introspective on the edges of, of an event, um, which is hilarious because we just got done talking about the protests where I put myself right smack in the middle right of in the it. Right, smack of it. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's okay, um, though. But I mean, then again, but we ended with an image that had lots of subtlety to it. And we talked about the Garrett image, the Garrett Nelson image that had a, had a lot of subtlety to it. Um, I wish, in hindsight, looking back, I wish I would have identified that earlier in my career and spent more time nurturing that part. Yeah. Over the but in in hindsight, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade any of it because it all was there for a purpose. Yeah, well, you know, I really appreciate you coming on with me tonight. I think we've been talking about this since the Rutgers game of you coming on. And I think that's the first time we talked about it, right? Yeah, and yeah. and it's uh you know for me it's been worth it. It's it's great because one, I mean, your friend. We've we've started texting, and I don't think we'll stop. You know, I plan on hopefully seeing you in April when I come out for the spring game. Well, hopefully I didn't um, get you guys banned off of YouTube tonight. 
<laughs> well, if you if you did, at least we know who to blame, and you and you own it. And I think that that's uh, the most important part. But as uh, with tradition with the Redcast, I'm going to give you uh, the parting shot. Oh, the parting shot. Oh, see, now I'm going to have to edit my language. Don't stink and go make a picture worth looking at. I like that. You know? And as always, you can say GBR. You can say don't suck. You know, that's okay. But yeah, well, you know, I'd like to thank all the Redcasters that, that did listen in and tune in tonight. And if uh, you haven't already, like and subscribe our YouTube page and, uh, you know, follow us there. And, you know, for everyone else listening, that's a go big Redcast. Go big Red. A Heard at Sports Network production.